This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 8, Episode 4, A Darkness Within. And let's start off with an announcement. We would like to formally dedicate this episode uh, to a good friend of the podcast, one Dana Shoup, who passed away unexpectedly over the weekend. Those of you who were fans of Series 5 Shadowrun may be familiar with the character D'Artagnan. Dana was kind enough to lend us D'Artagnan, as D'Artagnan was originally a player character of his in our home Shadowrun campaign. Dana was a big supporter of our podcast from the very beginning and a very good friend to us, uh, and he will be dearly missed. And it's the least we can do to dedicate this episode to him. We want to thank all of you uh, for listening to our podcast, and uh, we will take this moment to move on in to Words with the GM. This Words with the GM is about Series 8, Episode 3, The Wayward Path. We went out into the the wilderness to uh, do the things we needed to, to get off the planet, and then literally took a right-hand turn. Yeah, uh, just the the GM sitting over here pointing a big neon sign at a location saying, come explore here. (laughs) Uh, That's actually something I really like about this system is uh, if you have force sensitives on the team, you can really easily um, uh, use that idea of the force to give them intuitions and give them direction uh, that would in other systems possibly be more difficult to convey. Uh, In some systems, you know, uh, especially systems in more realistic settings, you're you're really limited in in how you can try and communicate with the with the players in world, and so it's really neat having this pervasive force that kind of has a will, to, you know, that speaks in kind of like feelings and intuitions and stuff like that uh, for you to like make these really powerful moments and also set up really cool set pieces, right? It's definitely something you don't want to overuse, uh, constantly being like, the force says go here now. The force says go here now. <laughs> um, but like having those moments where like you want something to be important, like even if it doesn't give the players a whole lot of knowledge or even direction, just giving them those, those little force intuitions can go a long way to like really having that feeling of Star Wars and help you set the moods for whatever scenes you're doing. One of the questions we get the most often is how do you get your players to go where you want them to? Uh, What's really nice about Star Wars is there's literally a force, the force, that can just tell them where to go. And while other systems and settings may not have something so overt as the force, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that you could take inspiration from the force and uh, put it in your world, uh, do something that uh, an overwhelming sense of fate or destiny uh, that can pull at a character and, and give them a little bit of a GM nudge in the direction that you'd like. 
Yeah, I've mentioned it before in other words with the GM. Uh, it's it's a really powerful trick to um, inform the players of the kind of gut feelings they can sometimes get. Those kind of intuitions that that people have from time to time, where like you know you you feel this sense of dread as you walk into this area. Like that's just enough right there. Like you you don't even have to like have a, a strange force or a really high perception or or like a special talent to like, you know, sense danger. It can just be like human intuition, kind of like putting a pit in your stomach and letting someone feel like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and draw my weapon and be ready for a fight. Like those kind of things. Uh, I highly encourage using, uh, using phrases like that to kind of communicate with your players uh, through their character's own instincts. But of course, uh, you can't always control your players, and you shouldn't try to either. Um, so if uh, if I pulled at you guys with the force and you decided that like you weren't ready for it yet, or Tan convinced you guys to like come back later or like survey the area and be more cautious, like I wouldn't begrudge that at all. You know, the force spoke to you guys. You can listen or walk away. That's up to you. You know, if if your character has an intuition and you decide to like shove that down and go with a different course of action, that's totally fine. And I wouldn't recommend overusing these kind of tactics to railroad your players uh, so much that they don't feel like they have any agency of their own. But the Force kind of guiding the Jedi in a direction wasn't the only cool thing that happened this episode. Uh, I'd like to know what your favorite part was. Uh, my favorite part was the uh, El Kiri opening the door moment. Um, it was really cool and, and cinematic and, and described in such a visual way that like I felt super cool as a player um, to have a character that could do something as important. Um, it was hands down my favorite moment in a, an episode of like some really cool stuff. I got to feel cool as a player and I really like that. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, created a very fun visual to like end the episode on. Uh, so that was satisfying for me as well. <laughs> and what about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was in the preparation of this episode, actually, uh, creating the planet of Bolea. Up until now, I've had the campaign surround planets that have existed in the Star Wars world one way or another. Lacori was in the Rogue One Catalyst book, uh, and Terrace is from uh, one of the old video games. And uh, Bolea is just entirely my own creation. And I think it's I think it's important when you're running this Star Wars system to feel comfortable like creating your own worlds and own alien races and adding to the w giant tapestry that is the Star Wars universe in your own way. And uh, Bolea was tons of fun because uh, I wanted it to be like a crazy hot planet nearby a sun, but I also wanted it to be a jungle planet. And uh, in another world other than Star Wars, that may have posed some problems. But the cool thing about Star Wars is it has a unique freedom to just be cool and not have to worry about like how in the world would a planet like as close to the sun as 
as Venus is in our solar system, be a jungle planet. It doesn't matter. It's Star Wars and it's cool and it'd be really neat to have like the sun be like burning away at this planet, but the trees have overgrown and are totally resistant to it for whatever reason. Like whatever, Star Wars, it's cool, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was started making Balea, I was intimidated. And then when I was done with it, I felt super liberated and really excited to continue with the rest of the campaign, feeling like I could really create Star Wars feeling things uh, without having to like double guess myself. Yeah, I uh, like I said earlier, I really enjoyed the the episode, and a big part of that was the the wacky planet that we were on. So uh, uh, that second favorite part, I guess, for me. So uh, yeah, totally agreed. But we did end the last episode with quite a few questions, namely, what's inside this subterranean tunnel you've just uncovered? So. Without further ado, let's move on in and listen to Series 8, Episode 4, A Darkness Within. Enjoy! I am Jaxamar Sorrell, human Jedi Sentinel. My Padawan training was patrolling the slums of Coruscant, rooting out the vicious gangs and bringing them to justice. With the guidance of Master Lewitt Rensmer, I learned to rely on my cunning to solve problems, passing my trials, defusing a hostage crisis the day the Clone Wars began. At the height of the war, I was called to the front lines alongside my oldest friend Dudo and his Padawan Elkiri. The idea of the Jedi as generals never sat well with me, and my greater fears were realized when the clones turned on us, and Dudo sacrificed himself so we could survive. His final wish was for me to take up the task of training Elkiri. With the destruction of the Order, it falls to me to ensure the Jedi live on through her. Though my training left me a capable warrior, I've had to quickly adjust in a galaxy where a lightsaber is a beacon for the Empire's most dangerous assassins. Thankfully, we found allies in the former Republic pilot Tan Mobuk and her droid Oko. She saved us after the Empire rose to power, and her ship, the Occipiter, has been home for the last three years. The galaxy may be shrouded in darkness, but I believe the Force will guide us to a better future. The name's Mobok, Lieutenant Tan Mobok of the Galactic Republic Navy. Well, that's who I used to be anyway. Before all this happened, I was a slave, nearly died trying to fight my way out. And when the opportunity to join the Navy presented itself, you bet your ass I jumped like hell. Spent most of the Clone Wars chasing pirates. Found my bird, the Exhibitor, there, in fact. The up-and-ups let me keep her despite her, uh, modifications. And Oko, too. Others might just see a droid, but I know there's more under their shiny metal shell. Now? Now we're just trying to survive. With Sorel and Elkiri on board, the Exhibitor will always have a target on her back. It'd have been a hell of a lot safer for us to run and hide. But safe never really was my M.O. We've done some good helping out with the Hydean Underground. One day, though, I'm going to give the Empire a kick straight in the teeth for what they've done. To me, to Sorel, to Alkiri and Oko, and all the others they've crushed under their heel. They've won their war, but I've just started mine. Personal identification number 0K0, at your service. Master Tan refers to me as Oko. You may as well, there isn't much time. Please lean back, this will take your mind off the pain. I am told my past has been eventful for a droid. I was captured by roving pirates shortly after the start of the Clone Wars. They modified and reprogrammed me to accompany them on raids. 
my surgical laser was greatly enhanced for combat utility, and I was trained in the manufacture of stimulants and toxins. Please drink this. I witnessed many gruesome sights, but also interacted with all manner of organic life, occasionally even in a non-lethal capacity. Your species is particularly fascinating. So much blood. Upon my recovery, Master Tan allowed me to retain my memory. My years with the brigands, while regrettable, had instilled in me an appreciation for freedom and autonomy, ideals shared by Master Tan. My unusual modifications, coupled with her impressive piloting abilities, served us well as a Republic emergency extraction team until the clones turned on us and our three Jedi companions. As runners in the Hydean underground, we do what we can to hide good people from the Empire, but nowhere is safe now. Good news, there is a 38% chance that your injuries are non-fatal. Best of luck. I am Elkiri Kanti, Padawan learner. The Force has always been with me, even in the most trying of times, and I am continually surprised by the way the Force guides us all. That it saw fit to match me with Master Jaxamar Sorel, Sentinel, and perhaps the last Jedi Knight. Just like my late master, Duto Noem, Jaxamar and I are an unlikely pair. I've always been more inclined to talk than to fight, and he has always been the other way around. After we escaped, we turned to Rushala, an old friend of mine from early in the Clone Wars. She helped us hide from the Empire when we were in need, and now, along with her, we formed the Hydean Underground to help save those who are under the thumb of, or worse, enslaved by the Empire. There's no war that can be waged against the Empire. The best we can do is to save those we can and avoid any engagement with the Empire's forces. I must admit, I can sense the apprehension grow in me as we approach every new rescue for the Hydean Underground. But with Master Sorel, Tan, and Oko working beside me, and the Force with us, the Empire will never know we're coming. The last time we left the crew of the Excipiter, they had landed on the jungle planet of Bolea in order to refuel their ship at a secret facility owned by the slicer and master forger, Pep Dantor. Uh, in exchange for collecting some of his fuel, they had to go into the jungle and repair one of his receiver dishes so that he could continue to steal medical supplies from the medical corporations on the planet. Additionally, they were tasked with raising the financial output of this facility by 20% in exchange for some of Pep Dantor's services. If they failed to deliver on this promise, he would just add it to Elkiri's growing tab of favors that she owes him. However, Oko was able to uh, come up with a plan and repair the dish, and on their way back to the facility, Jaxamar and Elkiri felt the pull uh, of the force guiding them somewhere else in this jungle. They followed it and came across a large, ancient-looking stone door with ancient writing on it that was partially translated to imply that this might be a Jedi vault of some kind. Elkiri meditated on the door and managed to open it, revealing to their charge, Sukra Esto, that Jaxamar and Elkiri are in fact Jedi. The door to the vault has opened, 
Uh, it leads down a dark pentagonal hallway that you can't see all the way down. It is too heavily shrouded in shadow. Sucra is speechless. Yo, Oko. Yes, Master Tan. You want to moonbeam this up? I activate my glow rod face, <laughs> illuminating the tunnel. Uh, Oko's smiling digital face is replaced by a spotlight beam that shoots out of his, out of the front of his screen, uh, giving you guys a nice bright uh, source of light looking down the, the hallway. Uh, it goes down for a while, but you can see at the end of it, uh, it seems like there's a T-junction and no doors in between here and there. The uh, hallway itself looks old, a little damp. The ceilings uh, are a little cracked, uh, so there's a little bit of, like, muddy seepage uh, on the ground, but it's not, like, flooded or anything like that. I'm going to pull out my blaster. I will head into the tunnel. I will certainly follow. My, my lightsaber's all put t- back together, right? Yes. Okay. I think that's going to hang out in my hand. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Sucra. Well, uh, I guess we're going in. You can stay here or come with. It's really up to you at this point. Uh, I'm going to stay nearby the Jedi if I can. (laughs) Probably a good plan. And you all go walking in. Uh, You get to that that T-junction. The path to the right has caved in, uh, blocked with mud, vines, and stone fragments from the structure. The path to the left does seem uh, relatively clear, though, if aged and a little damp. Are there any markings on the wall similar to what was on the door, or are these walls empty? If they had markings, they've been eroded away by the passage of time. Though, if you look a little closer down the left hallway, uh, you can see that there seem to be uh, large pentagonal cut alcoves every few meters. One to the left, few meters down, one to the right, few meters down, one to the left. I will move down the hallway and investigate the first alcove we come to. Okay. Uh, it is tall, almost the same shape and size as the door that led into the vault. It does have a symbol engraved on it. Um, it's an almost cloud-like floral symbol whose orientation resembles a cross. Uh, there's a circle around the outside of it, and right in its center, there is uh, an X-like symbol uh, where the ed- uh, the points of each line are kind of sharpened into three-pronged uh, tips. Do I recognize the symbol at all? Is it Would it have been in any of my studies at the temple? or uh, I think it's going to be an average lore check if you are a trained Jedi. Um, a setback if you're Elkiri because uh, you're only a Padawan. Or it can be a hard lore check for anyone else. Uh, I will go ahead and make that average lore check. Okay. That's no successes and three threat. The effects of that threat will happen in a little while. Uh, but for now, uh, looking at it, you feel like you may have seen it at one point in time, but you, you can't recall its significance. Oko will attempt to decode. No successes. Three advantage. Oko, um, you, uh, again, you don't know exactly the significance of this symbol. You know it has something to do with the Force specifically, but you don't know much more beyond that. With this context, may I supply three boosts to Elkiri? Certainly. Whatever you do, can you guys do it quick? I don't, I don't like this. I, I'm going to go ahead and take a look. I've, I'm feeling pretty good about this place. Okay. 
four successes and one threat. Okay. Go ahead and take a point of strain. Uh, as you're sitting there racking your brain and uh, the nervousness of tan kind of seeps into your into your thoughts just a little bit and you just panic a little bit right before you kind of remember where, where you've seen this before. This is the symbol for the Ashla, uh, also known as the light side of the Force. It was never really widely used uh, by the Jedi. It's more of an ancient uh, interpretation of light and dark. Uh, with that information, I'll continue down to the next alcove. The next alcove has the same symbol, uh, though that one is cracked and broken a bit. And you can actually see beyond this alcove, it is it is definitely a door of some kind. Um, though you don't see a seal or any way to open it. But you can tell this because through the crack, uh, the cracked face of it, you can see a room on the other side. Uh, the room is large and dark and shining Oko's face through it. Uh, you're able to... <laughs> Uh, you're able to uh, see that um, it's a bit caved in and what structure remains inside it seems to be broken and uh, knocked over like pedestals. Uh, but like a good look without having to roll like a perception test or anything can tell you like there's nothing of, of any value or importance in there anymore. With the knowledge that this is a door, uh, I'll go back to the first alcove and examine it. Though I assume you probably meditated open similar to the front door. Yeah, I mean, do you want to attempt to do that or uh, you? I mean, I'll I'll take a look at it first. My training is in sure. investigating the physical world first. Sure. Um. Uh. Just looking around, you don't even see. There's no symbols or indicating anything. It's smooth hewn except for the uh, the the mark of the ashla engraved into it. Um, and you don't get any like feedback running your hands along it, like nothing like gives or or uh, turns. Um, there doesn't seem to be any mechanical way to open this door. That's for sure. Uh, then I'll take a moment and meditate on this door. Go ahead and roll an average discipline check with a boost. I'm gonna flip a destiny point on this. That's no successes and two advantages. Okay. So the door kind of, uh, you sit and think on it for a bit. It doesn't take nearly as long as it took like El Curie to open the main entrance to this vault. It just takes a moment for you centering yourself and like feeling the light side of the force and letting it flow through you. The door rumbles just a bit. The symbol of the Ashla slightly glows, uh, and the door seems to sort of disappear momentarily. Um, and then you all have to kind of step back as rocks and mud kind of pour out of, uh, of the alcove at you and then clamp up in the, in the alcove and stop. Seems whatever was on that door has been completely caved in. Then I will continue down this hallway. Uh, are there, there's more alcoves yes, further, correct? There are. Another one has the mark of the Ashla. It's also cracked and splintered, and you can push like one of the stones in to make it fall through to the other side, and you can see an empty room there as well. And then you get to a uh, a door near the end of this hall uh, where it tur- where the hall curves around, and that has a different symbol on it. The symbol shares similar elements to that of the Ashla, um, except its primary form is that of the X with the sharpened points. And then at the center of it is the kind of cloud-like cross. I'd like to walk down to the end of the hall and just check around the corner and clear that corner. 
Sure. You get to that corner, you kind of peek around it. The hallway turns to the left and goes uh, another meter or two uh, before ending in what looks like some sort of shrine carved into the end of the hall. From where you are, you can see like some of the figures in that shrine are still there, um, but you'd have to get closer to investigate it. Jaxamar and Alkyria, are you guys looking at this new symbol? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. As you do... The air gets cold around you. It feels familiar, almost similar to what you felt three years ago, uh, just before your clone troopers turned on you. This kind of cold wave come from this door, uh, and Oko's uh, light turns off, and any other light source you guys have turns off. I apologize. This has never happened before. (laughs) Oko, can you get that back up and running? Attempting. It works. Yeah, it just turns back on. Uh, and Elkiri and Jaxmar are no longer with you. Sorel, what was... Sorel? Elkiri? Sucra, who is standing nearby uh, Elkiri and Jaxmar, just is like standing there wide-eyed, looking around. What What happened? Where'd they go? Did they go into the door? I didn't hear anything. They, they, the light went out and they, they just disappeared. I will attempt to scan. Uh, you scan... Uh, Similar to your previous scans, there's lots of life all around. Even honing it in to kind of just, like, short distance around you, you only pick up you and Tan and Sucra. I want to trot over to the door and press on it with my hands, kind of feel around, see if it will move at all. It does not seem to move. Uh, you you kind of press on it, your, your shoulder bump it a couple times, uh, nothing seems to happen. Doshing, creepy Jedi vault thing. Uh, I'd like to go back down the hall towards that statue that I saw. Are there any other doors or any other passageways, anything? Uh, so you round the corner, you go up towards the shrine. Um, it's almost like, it looks like it may have been like a basin that was carved into the wall there. Um, uh, kind of with like its own little small pentagonal shaped alcove. Uh, and on the walls there, um, there are two humanoid figures engraved. Uh, there's no other doors anywhere around. But as you get closer to the uh, uh, shrine, you swear you see movement. And, uh, and looking at it a little closer, there's... Two humanoid figures, though the one on the left is cracked and and broken, and it almost looks like it's been scorched away by like some kind of heat. Uh, and then the one on the right is uh, uh, looks like probably a human, tall, slender, probably male, uh, no hair to speak of, and uh, and uh, some kind of like facial tattoos. And when you get closer, like. Again, for a second, you think you see that figure just move slightly. I am pointing my blaster at these figures. (laughs) Oko, I'm assuming, comes around the corner as well, shines a better light on the situation, or? Yes. Uh, When Oko's light comes around, uh, it may have been a trick of the light. You're looking, these are just figures engraved into a wall, but, you know, you're starting to get a little spooked. Uh, In fact, roll an average discipline check for me to avoid the effects of fear. That is a failure with one threat. Okay. So you take a strain right now, and you will add a setback to your next couple uh, tests as you are starting to kind of feel like you're stuck 
in some weird Jedi temple and your two Jedi just disappeared. And now it's just you and this guy who you're not sure you can trust and your droid uh, down a dark, dank hallway uh, with weird, mystical things happening to you. And as if on cue, Oko, your um, scan that you're kinda, you've kind of been pinging uh, picks up additional life forms within the proximity of this uh, vault. Meanwhile, uh, Elkiri and Jaxamar, you heard Tan ask Oko to turn on their light as if it was like far down a hall muffled. And then you just very faintly hear Oko's reply, but it's so faint you're not even quite able to understand exactly what they say. And uh, no light turns back on. It's still dark. Um, and if you move at all, like shift your weight or anything, you hear water and realize that you're about ankle deep in water right now. It's Is it still pitch black? Yes. Elkiri? Master? I reach out with my hand towards her voice. Yeah, she's right there where she was uh, when the light went out. So um, I'm going to let him take my hand because he needs it and in the opposite direction of where he is i'm going to reach out and turn on my lightsaber okay uh you ignite your yellow lightsaber illuminating the room around you it's just you and jaxamar there uh looking down you do see that you are in fact ankle deep in what uh in what appears to be water the room is is large, large enough that it goes beyond uh, the ceilings and walls go beyond uh, the light of your lightsaber. Kind of moving your lightsaber around, you do see uh, the water is broken up by chunks of stone that look like they're of the same make of this temple. Um, and even though you can't see the ceiling, it's possible they may have like fallen from somewhere. They're like embedded in the ground there. Uh, and just Right on the edge of your, the light of your lightsaber, you see something that resembles like a cracked and broken pedestal. What is this place? I don't know. Have I heard of anything like this in my training or travels? Uh, with your previous lore check, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just uh, no. You've never encountered anything like this. You've been to like the archives in the Jedi Temple. You've seen the methods with which modern Jedi secure their artifacts and important information. Whatever kind of vault this is, it predates uh, anything you've been taught. I have never encountered anything like this. Okay. I'm going to reach out and see what I can sense around me. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll that force power. Um, I'm going to reach out into the darkness mm-hmm. using a, my fear. You're using dark side points to do this? Yeah. So you flip one of the destiny points over to the dark side and you take strain as you are using dark side pips. Uh, and you reach out and trying to call on the force is difficult. Uh, that cold sensation is still hanging on your heart and the only way for you to get a sense of your surroundings is to sort of tap into that and as you do you get the sense of a presence down the direction that you saw that pedestal um but further down in somewhere in the darkness that way it's it's a faint presence but it's there and it's relatively unscrupulous in nature master there's something 
down this way, and I indicate sort of with my lightsaber. I'm not sure what it is. I, I don't necessarily trust it. Whatever it is, the Force called us here for a reason. I think we should investigate. Something brought us here for something. I don't know what yet. And I will ignite both of my lightsabers for light as well as we <laughs> head that way. The blue and green of your lightsabers mingles with the amber of Elkiri's lightsaber. Uh, and you guys start moving down that way. And uh, as you take a few steps in that direction, pillars of light begin to form uh, from overhead, making kind of columns uh, spotlighting multiple of these kind of pedestals. Some of them are broken completely. One has been com- uh, impacted by one of the giant pieces of ceiling falling down. Others are just cracked. They're all aged, and all of them are empty. Um, But as you move forward, uh, more lights appear. It seems like there's six of these kind of pedestals that don't have anything on top of them or around them except for rubble and mud. However, as you kind of reach where they are, um, one final light appears. And looking up, by the way, at where these lights are coming from, you still don't see a ceiling. You don't see the source of these lights. You just see light kind of seeming to come from nowhere. Uh, and illuminated kind of central and further down from those, uh, those pedestals are steps that reach up out of the water and have some sort of dais uh, that has a crack down the center of it. It has been impacted by a piece of rubble falling from the ceiling. And as you get to that point and see the dais ahead of you, the water around you begins to move. And directly in front of both of you, the water raises up and begins to coalesce into a human into two humanoid forms. And in a blink of an eye, you're looking at reflections of yourselves. Jaxamar, you're looking at your own face, but it is gaunt, pale. The eyes have dark reddish veins uh, surrounding them. Um, The teeth are miscolored. Your hair seems thinner and and dirtier. Elkiri, in similar fashion, you see uh, a reflection of yourself corrupted in some way, though seeming to be taller and stronger than than you consider yourself to be. Meanwhile, in uh, in the hallway... Oko and Tan, what are you guys up to? I uh, pull out my comm link. Okay. Sorrel, come in. Elkiri, report, come in. No response from them. Master Tan, I'm picking up new signatures back the way we came. Sorrel and, and Elkiri, they're back there? It's possible. Okay, um, well, let's, let's head back then. Maybe, uh, maybe they got turned around somehow. Uh, so you guys go around that little bend away from that shrine, entering the long hallway with the multiple doors, uh, and you hear uh, sounds echoing towards you, and it doesn't sound humanoid, and you hear, uh, you hear growls and, uh, and the, the shout of, uh, of large creatures. And uh, Oko shining their light down that way uh, shows as multiple jungle stalkers creep around the corner at that T-junction, their eyes uh, shining or reflecting Oko's light back towards you. And uh, as soon as they see you, they begin sprinting down the hall towards you. Uh, and I need you guys to roll uh, uh, initiative for me. 
Elkiri and Jaxamar, these two shadow forms of yourself, are are uh, staring at you, and the illusory Jaxamar is the uh, is the first to speak. He grits his teeth in like a wicked grin, uh, looking at you, Jaxamar, and says, "You blind fool! You've led your Padawan to her death. How alone you must feel, knowing every single person who depends on you is doomed for a gruesome end." And he ignites a red lightsaber. And uh, Elkiri, the corrupted form of you, uh, laughs at that and turns to you and says, Look at you, little child. You depend on these weak teachers to show you the way. If you had a spine, you'd walk your own path and embrace the power within you. And she as well ignites uh, a red lightsaber. And they attack. I need you guys to roll initiative. Did anyone get higher than a three? What about higher than a two? I got 2.3. 2.0. Also 2.0. And Jaxmar, what did you get? I got four advantages. All right. Um, so the opposition will have a turn, then you guys will have a turn, then the opposition will have a turn, then you guys will have two, and then the opposition will go again, and then you guys will have one, and then the opposition will go again, and then you guys will have one. So it's just all sorts of back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so first up... Shadow Jaxamar is going to attack first. Uh, he is going to rush forward at you, Jaxamar. His movements seem unnaturally fast, and uh, he will bring his lightsaber to bear. I will take one strain and dodge, upgrading the difficulty of his check once. So he lashes out at you in pure rage and anger, uh, hacking and slashing with two hands uh, with his red lightsaber. Um, you manage to dodge one and, and parry another and, and block. He doesn't manage to hit you. Uh, however, I will flip one of these dark side points over, uh, and you and Elkiri will take three strain each. As you feel this dark force around you ebb and suck the light out. Additionally, he got a triumph, and with that, he is going to catch uh, your green lightsaber with uh, uh, with his, and uh, like spin it down into the water, splashing up steam uh, and and knocking it out of your hand. Uh, it doesn't fall fall too far away, but you are currently uh, with only one lightsaber in hand now. Uh, it's now one of your guys' turns. Uh, I will with one maneuver fall into a guarded stance, give me an additional melee defense until the end of my next turn. Okay. And then I will open my senses to the force and activate seek. Okay. To attempt to see through what I believe to be a dark side illusion. Uh, and so that is an opposed discipline check? Correct. Uh, it is hard with two challenge dice. And I'll go ahead and flip a dark side point to make that third die, a challenge die as well. Uh, that is one failure and one threat. Okay. You're determined to see through this illusion, um, but it's pressing the attack so fiercely that you don't have time to really center yourself and uh, focus in the way that you need to. Uh, so it clashes blades with you and breaks your focus and you'll take one strain. In the hallway with Oko and Tan and Sukra, the 
jungle stalkers begin to close the gap, sprinting forward at you. Um, there's four of them uh, charging down this hallway towards you. They're snapping and and roaring, and as they get closer, um, right before they attack Oko, because they are a source of a bright light shining in the face of the jungle stalkers, um, they move in, and uh, you see their their whiskers that had previously been uh kind of illuminated with like a pulsing blue light are now uh glowing a a kind of deep crimson color and they leap up and try to claw oko down towards the ground melee defense four uh the first two leap up and try to claw you down towards the ground oko but you just spin uh you kind of like a pendulum uh keeping your head in one spot uh, swing the the lower parts of your body like horizontal for a second and they just barely miss and then you swing back down like a pendulum and as you do the other two leap up and try and, and grab you uh, and they do manage to get uh, uh, get their claws into uh, uh, one of your panels nearby your repulsors and you take eight damage as uh, as their razor sharp sharp claws manage to like cut a couple wires there uh, now uh, you guys have two turns. So they're between us and the other doorways, correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to aim twice uh, at the ones that are that cut down Oko. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to shoot them. Okay. Uh, they have an adversary rating of one, so upgrade the difficulty by one. That is one success with six advantage. So I'd like to crit twice. They're both dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, they claw at your your droid, and you immediately uh, drop a knee, level your blaster, and with two clean shots, pick them off of uh, off of Oko, allowing Oko to kind of raise back up to their normal altitude above the ground. Oko, you okay? I appreciate the assistance, Master Tan, and I will fire at the other two. Okay. <laughs> the two remaining are at engaged range with you. Okay. Two successes, including a triumph, with three advantage. Uh, I will use the triumph to activate a critical hit on one of the beasts uh, and seven damage to the other. Uh, yeah, that takes both of them out. Uh, you you pull back up, nod your head in thanks to Captain Tan, uh, and then you turn and see the two remaining uh, jungle starkers uh, circling back around to leap up at you again and as uh, as one leaps up in front of the other a single precision shot from your lancer uh, blaster arm uh, pierces both of them and they drop down we should find the Jedi yeah you think <laughs> El Kiri uh, the corrupted form of you walks forward with uh cool confidence as you see Jaxamar is being beaten back by his corrupted form, and as you raise your lightsaber to defend yourself, she uh, almost giggles as she raises a hand, uh, splays out her fingers, and you go flying back. So I have calming aura, which means that any force points generated are reduced by one. That will, uh, that will matter here. Uh, and I will flip a dark side point over so that I can use some of these light side pips I rolled uh, for uh, her to succeed. And uh, you go flying back and you slam into uh, you slam into a large jagged rock behind you. And you take 10 damage. 
And uh, it's one of your guys' turn. Uh, Elkiri? I know exactly what she just did to use the force, and I can do it better. So <laughs> um, I'm going to pick up two of the pedestals just on the ground and uh, huck them at her really hard with move. Uh, so I moved the crap out of those pedestals, but I think that they like splash in front of her, um, because I have zero successes and two advantages and two force points. Okay. So you do in fact move the, the pedestals and huck a matter. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to spend those advantages on? Yeah. So I will pass my two advantages on, uh, as boosts to the next allied player. Okay, uh, so you huck him at her, uh, and she splays out. She spreads out her arms and pushes a wave of force energy from her, splashing the water, uh, redirecting them towards uh, Jaxamar. Um, however, Jaxmar sees it coming, and uh, and he manages to leap back, kind of making uh, his corrupted mirror self kind of step into the into the wake of them, uh, so that um, uh, he has to kind of dodge away from the rubble as it splashes his way. Uh, in the hallway, um, as you guys are are uh, moving to moving down the hall, trying to get to a better position, you hear more jungle stalkers approaching and uh, they manage to turn the corner and this turn all they manage to do is turn the corner down the way uh, at that T-junction. And Sukra on his turn is going to uh, uh, take his bag of tools that he was using on the on the array, uh, pull out like uh, an adhesive spray and uh, try to really quickly patch you up, uh, Oko. Oko, you heal one strain and five hit points. As, a, as that like circuit that you had that was kind of exposed and sparking uh, just gets covered with this kind of rubbery plastic uh, adhesive uh, temporary seal. Appreciate it, Master Esto. <laughs> just keep me alive. <laughs> We will. Don't worry. I'll step in front of him. And uh, we're at the top of initiative again. Um, and uh, with the opposition slot there, the jungle stalkers are going to charge down the hallway towards the, the three of you. Uh, they're going to split. Two of them are going to go after Tan and two of them are going to go after Oko. I have one defense. Uh, Tan, they do hit you. You take eight damage. Uh, as one uh dives towards your left leg and you manage to like dodge out of the way but your your arm kind of extends out and the other one like bites down on your forearm and Oko Oko they they come for you and they do actually manage to claw at you uh you take seven damage and um the front one rakes across your your stomach, uh, leaving three large gashes. Um, and then the second one tries to climb up over it, and uh, the front one gets like angry and turns and bites at him. And they kind of roll into each other and kind of, uh, and they both fall prone in front of you, kind of tangled up in themselves. Uh, it is a good guy slot. Am I in engaged range with both of these? dark mirrors uh no no um jaxamar has kind of pushed you a little a little a couple steps back so that you are um uh you are at short range with shadow elkiri and shadow jaxamar is engaged with you i will spend my maneuver engaging with the shadow elkiri okay um and i will spend a second maneuver to aim as i strike out with my lightsaber and i will ebb as i do okay 
Uh, she has an adversary rating of one, so your your difficulty will be upgraded once. I'm going to flip a light side point to upgrade my check. Uh, so she takes 12 damage as I hit. I will also spend two of my three advantage to crit and send the last advantage forward as a boost. And because of my ebb, she will generate two automatic threat on all checks she makes until the end of my next turn. Okay, so 12 damage is going to put her down. So if you wanted to spend your advantages on uh, something else, I'll also allow you to use the effects of your ebb before you leave engage range with uh, with Shadow Jaxamar so that the effects can, can add threat to his next checks instead of hers. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to use my advantages to recover strain. Okay. Knowing what ebb is capable of doing. Sure. Uh, yeah, so you ebb the force around you um, as you leave... Shadow Jaxmar stumbling from the debris of uh, Elkiri's move attack. Uh, you quickly close the gap between you and Shadow Elkiri, uh, flanking her uh, to her surprise. She raises her lightsaber up and blocks uh, and takes a couple steps back. And uh, you press the attack, uh, knocking uh, the lightsaber down uh, and then spinning around and stabbing behind you as you do. Uh, and you turn and uh, for the briefest of moments, you see your lightsaber in the stomach of your apprentice, um, and then you blink your eyes, and you can see through the illusion, and you see uh, that it is just like water may, uh, coalesced into solid form, uh, and uh, it drops down around your lightsaber back into the ground. Running up right behind you, uh, sh the shadow form of yourself uh, will leap up in the air, striking down with two hands and uh, with his lightsaber. I will dodge to upgrade the difficulty of his check by one. I also have one melee defense. Uh, carrying with him this kind of dark shadow of the force, he ebbs it around you, and you take two strain and nine damage... Um, as he drops down on you, um, uh, knocking you down to your knee as you block, uh, and then he shoves you physically with his free hand, putting you off balance, and then swings in a wide uh, uh, reverse grip slash um, uh, as he kind of cuts along part of your abdomen. Uh, but in doing so, uh, he, uh, with his the threat that he generated and the uh, the threat that you automatically added to his test, he leaves himself open. Um, so the next attack against him will be upgraded. Uh, and now it is uh, two turns for you guys. So I'm currently engaged with the two jungle stalkers. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm going to step back so that I can shoot these two jungle stalkers, but make sure that I'm in between them and Sucra. Sure, you can achieve that. And I will also aim. That's one success and four advantage. I will use three of those advantage to crit and send one forward as a boost. Okay, and how much damage is that with one success? That's seven damage. You stumble back towards Sucra, that one jungle stalker still kind of latched onto your left arm. You uh, just plant your blaster right against its head and pull the trigger once, and it just falls down. You free yourself. The other one's pressing in on you. You back up, your bloodied arm kind of reaching back to make sure Sucra stays protected behind you. And just as that one leaps up to, like, maul you, you uh, pop off two shots into its chest, and it kind of and then dodge out of the way, and it falls limply at Sucra's feet. 
Uh, and then it's another slot for you guys. I can affect two different things with move. Do they have to be moving the same way or doing the same thing? Uh, yeah, more or less. At least in the in the sense of like an attack. You can't attack two things with one. What are you trying to achieve? Move Jax's lightsaber to him and then also move Shadow Jax somewhere he will be hurt. That seems entirely possible. Uh, you might need like an advantage or two to make it so Jaxamar can catch the lightsaber as you hurl it in his way. Um, but it's kind of like moving the force uh, in one current, picking up two items. Uh, they'll both be flying in the same direction, but uh, Jaxamar might be able to catch his lightsaber, depending on how well you roll. Uh, so this will be an opposed check, as you are primarily trying to move Shadow Jaxamar against his will. So it will be a hard discipline check for you. Uh, and he is adversarial, so that will upgrade it by one. And don't forget that because he opened himself up, your discipline is upgraded by one. So um, I'm a little on edge. My master just stabbed, not me. <laughs> and it was very... Yeah, this whole experience is definitely trying. <laughs> not great. Uh, and so... Uh, I am tasked, over-tasking myself and, and have to use, draw a little bit on the dark side of the force. All right, so you flip one of the light side destiny points over to the dark and you take strain. So I succeed with a despair. Uh, so you see Jaxamar get cut along the, the waist and you're not so much focusing on the fact that his, his mirror self is open, more on the fact that he is moving in for another attack and you panic and the force around you has been cold and dark this entire time and something rings true in your head for just a moment about what your mirror self was saying about tapping into your true potential and without like really thinking hard on it or anything, acting out of fear and instinct alone, you sweep your arm in front of you, shoving a, a torrent of water up as you do, affecting not only the lightsaber you were intending and Shadow Jaxamar, but also your master, flinging all of them into, uh, or into an outcrop of fallen stones nearby. Uh, Jaxamar, you take 10 damage. <laughs> I am still conscious. <laughs> As is Shadow Jaxmar. Both of you slam into this, uh, this formation of fallen rock, uh, rolling over it and, spl and splashing in the water uh, around you. Uh, you smack your head into it, and raising your face out of the water, blinking away the blood, you see uh, your second lightsaber right in front of you. Uh, as I push myself up and start to reach for the lightsaber, I will look at this dark reflection of myself and remembering what he said to me as this fight began, I will respond, I don't think I'm the one who needs to worry about her. You say that to him and his eyes glaze over with like frustration and anger and uh, for the briefest of moments, you see through the illusion. I maintain what, when I was a Padawan, was the most infuriating calm sureness of the Jedi Knights. <laughs> and he shouts out in in pure anger uh, his 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 cry echoing around and he ignites his lightsaber and rushes towards you. Uh, meanwhile outside in the hall those two um, jungle stalkers that were uh, tangled up in each other kind of claw at each other a little bit and shove off of each other uh, and spend all their maneuvers 
untangling themselves and standing up, and then they will uh, leap up and try to claw at you, uh, Oko. For defense. I will flip a dark side point uh, to upgrade their chances. They uh, leap up, and while they don't connect with you in a way that does any damage, uh, they did generate a triumph, and with that, uh, they are going to pin you to the ground, removing your defense rating until, uh, uh, until the end of next round. Uh, it is now your turn, Oko. I call for Master Tan and Master Esto to stay back, and I deploy a canister of deoxys gas. <laughs> What does that do? <laughs> the jungle beasts must make a hard resilience check, suffering possible wounds or strain, depending on their results. Uh, they fail with a complete wash between successes and failures, and they generate three advantage. Then they take five wounds and no strain, as this greenish gas used before the Clone War era overwhelms them with nausea and muscle spasms. <laughs> where, where do you store this canister? On my back. Uh, so they've pinned you down, and uh, the panel on your back kind of, like, cracks and opens up a little bit, and you just kind of lean with how they have you pinned to break the canister and deploy it. And surrounding from behind you, this green cloud goes up. The one that had you kind of pinned down uh, inhales a big amount of it and immediately, like, coughs and hacks and stumbles back. The other one manages to, like, skirt around a little bit, coughing and, and, and like, sneezing uh, as it does. Um, but it seems that uh, these things tend to uh, must have some kind of natural resistance to toxin due to the planet they exist on. However, not so resistant that the one that was on top of you can survive, though. Uh, he hacks, coughs, vomits a little bit, and stumbles into, uh, into one of the alcoves and dies. This was the desired effect. It will remain in the air in my immediate vicinity for three rounds. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, Sucra seeing and identifying the Dioxys grabs uh, Tan and pulls her back a little ways so that, uh, so that the cloud doesn't expand and uh, get anywhere nearby her. And that's what he uses his turn for. Meanwhile, uh, Jaxamar, your shadow form is pressing the attack, uh, hacking and slashing at you. I will flip a destiny point to upgrade the difficulty of his check by one, and I will also dodge to upgrade the difficulty of his check an additional time. I also have one melee defense. He continues to generate two automatic threat because of that. Uh, so you and him have been tugging uh, at the force, uh, both of you trying to, him trying to ebb the light away from you and you trying to ebb the shadow away from him. Uh, and in his rage of attack, uh, that kind of back and forth within the force uh, is becoming sh uh, stronger and more of a torrent. Uh, the water around you begins to move uh, uh, apart from where your feet are stepping and uh, he begins backing you up. You defending as best you can for a bit, but he begins to overpower you. And he does manage to break away uh, your your block and move in and run his lightsaber up uh, along your chest, uh, inflicting 10 damage, as he does. That pushes me past my wound threshold. So that will incur a critical hit, and he will spend his triumph to increase the effectiveness of this critical hit. Uh, so he will deal an agonizing wound to you. 
which increases the difficulty of all brawn and agility checks by one until the end of the encounter. The lightsaber cutting nice and deep along your, your chest as you stumble back. As you do, you reach out with your hand trying to uh, engulf him in, uh, in the light side of the force, and he presses forward with a crashing wave of dark side energy, uh, and the two of you uh, uh, become engulfed in a wave of water, and it actually dissipates him uh, as it does, and uh, he s- crashes down with the rest of the water, and you fall down limp. And unconscious. And unconscious. <laughs> I'm going to immediately run over to my master and check to see if he's okay. Um, yeah, we will drop out of initiative here. Uh, out in the hallway, um, Tan and uh, Oko, the one remaining jungle stalker, uh, coughs and hacks and backs away from the cloud of Dioxys and is smart enough to leave. It, it, it retreats down the hall. I'm, I'm going to shoot it. As it tries running? Uh, yes, I'm shooting it in the back. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for it. You're a good enough shot, and it's not really trying. It's just running away from toxic gas right now. It's not really paying attention to you. Uh, so you do manage to just like hit it right in the in the small of the back, and it falls down dead. Elkira, you shake uh, Jaxamar. He is breathing, but uh, unconscious. I'm going to take one of my stim packs, and I'm going to stab him with it. Okay, Jaxamar, you heal five wounds. I am still over my wound threshold. He does not respond to the stims. Uh, I take the second one and I stab him. (laughs) (laughs) You heal four more wounds. I am now conscious. (laughs) (gasps) Ah, Are you okay? Um, Are you okay? How are you so calm right now? (laughs) (laughs) You're okay. Um, Yes. 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 Yes, I'm fine. We need to get out of here. Can you stand? Yes, I will stand up. They were at something, though. They were at a dais, correct? They see. They did appear before you could reach uh, the the steps that lead up to that dais. Uh, I will lean on Elkiri for support and nod towards the dais. We should see what that is. I will pretend I'm not hurt and let him lean on me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I. Uh, of course. Um, yeah. And we'll move through the water to the dais. As you get closer to the dais, the water does move again in front of you. And it starts to coalesce into a humanoid form once more. And both of your hearts sink as you see the form of Duto Nuem corrupted and decayed. He is openly wounded from multiple blaster bolts and he looks at you with pure hatred and he says you dare come here to disturb me you let me die you let me die and he runs forward uh igniting a red lightsaber as he does i'm gonna throw him into the wall over there (laughs) you're gonna use move yes okay uh it'll be an opposed test uh you're using discipline it is a daunting test with two challenge dice. Um, I succeed with four threat and a despair. So uh, he's rushing forward towards you, kind of gliding along the water. Uh, and in, uh, in like a moment of like pure resolve, you understand 
fully that this is not your fallen master, but an illusion. And you raise your hands and blast him back uh, with uh, the force. He smashes into the dais and bursts into water. And uh, the water kind of trickles down the steps. uh, And he is gone. You take four strain from the lashback of the force as you do because you felt as you pushed the force forward, he was like carrying a a tidal wave of darkness uh, with him. And then like you sit there and you were very sure about what was going on. But with that despair, uh, you actually uh, succumb to uh, uh, succumb to the horror of everything you've just uh, witnessed. Uh, This is beyond anything you've ever truly experienced. And, um, until you kind of get some time to like rest and meditate and center yourself, uh, you're going to have to upgrade the difficulty of any, any check you roll. Okay. As you are truly shaken to the core, whether you show it outwardly or not, that's up to you. Um, but you are struggling with, with everything you've just witnessed, but the threat is gone. Uh, do the two of you continue towards the dais? Yes. And I will take a moment to steady myself and, and support my own weight seeing how hurt Elkiri really is from that encounter. All right. The two of you clutching your wounds step up the steps towards the dais, which is cracked, and you realize it is hollow. Uh, And you press your hand on that stone lid and push it to see what's inside. Meanwhile, out in the hallway, Tan and Oko, uh, what are you guys doing with Sucra? It doesn't seem like any other jungle stalkers are approaching, and uh, the... Dioxys cloud has finally dissipated and been rendered inert uh, so that the hallway is safe again. <laughs> Sucra kind of pokes his head around in the no- around the corner and then nods to Tan. Master Tan, do you need medical attention? It, it couldn't hurt. What we need are our damn Jedi back. Sucra steps aside to let Oko administer medical attention to Tan. I'll see if there's any way through that door. And he goes up towards the, uh, the door that all of you were standing by. Uh, there's only, this is the only way they could have gone, right? That's a good question. Uh, he begins examining the door and seeing if there's any way, any way through. Uh, Oko, you can go ahead and roll a medicine check. How hurt are you, Tan? Five out of 14. Uh, so that makes it an easy check for you, Oko. Heal five wounds and four strain. Elkiri and Jaxamar, you guys uh, look into this, uh, what you now realize to be a tomb. And it is filled with ash and one other object. It is a dark metal mask. It resembles the form of a human skull, uh, though its glass eye sockets are unnaturally dark. Where there should be a mouth and teeth, there's instead a tombstone-shaped respirator, and there's a sturdy metal mesh in the space between the jaw and the cheekbones that would allow you to see somewhat of what was inside, which you, which allows you to see there's nothing but more ash inside this thing. And that wave of cold, dark energy from the force kind of seems to emanate from it slightly. So there's no remnants of clothing or anything else? It's just the mask? That is correct. Uh, I will cautiously pick up this mask to examine it. I am not particularly studied in the history of the Sith or, frankly, the Jedi. Does this link to anything in my memory as important? It looks important. It, yeah. Um, it is a hard lore check 
for either of you to identify the origins of this artifact. I help you. All right, so you get a boost from Elkiri, who is also studying this. I will flip a light side destiny point to upgrade my check. Uh, you flip the final light side destiny point, making it so all the destiny points are turned to the dark side. That's one failure and one threat. So you throw your, your mind back. You cast your mind back. Both of you do, trying to study this thing. You can't quite place it, but something kind of needles at the back of your head, something f- like familiar about it. And you, you, the threat is that you are kind of overwhelmed with the urge to take it with you and study it further, thinking that like if you, if you take a little more time thinking on it and like examining it like in more detail, uh, you might be able to remember where you've seen like uh, a painting or drawing of this mask. Something called us here for a reason. Something wanted us to have this. The Force led us here. I don't remember what it is, but I think we should take it with us. It radiates dark side. But if we were led here by the Force, the Force wants us to take it, I suppose, or destroy it. I don't know. This vault is unsealed. Someone else will find this if we leave it. I think we are the best hands for this to be in for now. Okay. We'll lock it away until we can figure out something. Agreed. I will put it into my pack, and I will sort of just open my senses to the force, and you seek, hopefully get a general direction of back to the rest of the crew. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, as you take the mask and step from uh, step down from the dais, uh, kind of reaching out, uh, you, you get the sense, it's kind of the direction you guys came from, like if you had walked the opposite way, uh, is where you feel it. And you actually can see through the darkness of this room a lot more now. Uh, those columns of light, you can actually see the ceiling. Uh, it's cracked. It's got vines and mud. Uh, there's actually a little bit of a, a like trickle of water down one of the walls of this room. Um, and uh, there's these kind of uh, crystalline formations that are uh, that are making the pillars of light uh, on each of these plinths and this dais. Um, and you can see the door, uh, the pentagonal shaped door uh across from you. And as you step down off of the steps of the dais, uh, there's a rumbling sound. And uh, Tan and Oko, you feel this as well. Uh, and Sukra, like, steps back and goes, I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the door kind of cracks and crumbles. And uh, Elkiri and Jaxmar, you see Sukra, Tan, and Oko standing in the hallway, looking a little shaken, but not nearly as worse for wear as the two of you do. Uh, and that's where we'll end our session. Dr. Robot, get over here. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or specifically approved by the Walt Disney Company, Lucasfilm Limited, their subsidiaries, or sister companies, or any Star Wars license holder, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Wars the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Go to the official Star Wars website, 
www.starwars.com for more information. The Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Forced and Destiny role-playing games are trademarked properties of Fantasy Flight Games Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more information, go to www.fantasyflightgames.com slash en slash Star Wars RPG.